0: ever sang that song
1: right
0: there Chris. And it's a great song
1: right there. Look, everybody
2: knows this song. Look at page 145 when we all get to heaven. What a great and glorious time when we all get to heaven.
3: to a nine-year-old girl, you saved my soul. And then later on, you saved my children and my husband. And we thank you, dear Jesus, for this little church in which we're found. This has been a mainstay of our life for years. We ask you, dear Jesus, that you be with the brother Robert and sister Mel of everything that they're going going through. We ask that you just touch their hearts and let them know that you are with them. And dear Jesus, we ask you that you be with the teachers this morning, give them what they stand in need of in order to teach. And dear Jesus, we ask you when it comes time for the preaching hour, we ask that you just touch Brother Steve and make preaching easy for him. We ask you be with Chris and Marilyn and Wayne as they uh give us the music yes God. Jesus, we know that it's not an easy task but it can be easy when you're with them yes. all these things that we ask in your sweet sweet holy name amen amen
2: amen thank you thank you sister we'll say one more right here and uh it's it, again it's so good to be here a lot of you didn't know uh had a little procedure done this past week had hernia surgery and had double hernia surgery and uh, you know and you know god took care of me god took care of me. <laughs> i'm doing well just a little sore but you know, a lot of you didn't know that but the ones that did there's few of you did. thank you for the prayers and but continue praying for me and vanessa she uh she needs prayers too and uh for taking care of me too <laughs> but anyhow it, you know god didn't take care of that but you know there's a song i to look at look at page 139 god will take care of you Thank you.
4: day. Uh, I, I hope all my family get to be here at some point today. It's good to good to see uh, Hunter angle here. Hunter's uh, friend Lena. Glad to have y'all. If you're any other visitors, I don't see any, but if there's any others, uh, we'll welcome you today and just uh, ask you to, to join right in with us. Um, it's, uh, it's a special day for Lena and I. 'Cause y'all chosen to honor us with a little get together out here for our 50th wedding anniversary, so we're thankful for that. And uh, uh, looking through pictures last night, getting some things for Elizabeth to put on the tables out there. Uh, man, what a life we've had! Uh, you know, we we probably we probably didn't use our money wisely. But we sure had fun with kids, I'm going to tell you. We didn't, we didn't have a lot left over, but uh, we wore it out while we had it. Let's put it that way. We, we just, uh, I went back and looked the, the pictures. You know, it used to take a lot of pictures, photographs, that you actually got developed. Um, the last, what, 10, 15 years, most everything's been taken on our phones. And uh, and there were little cards somewhere, you know, in the camel bag. And the little cards are this big so you can't write over what they are. You have to do individual things but looking at those old faded sepia colored photographs uh, just brought back all kinds of uh, good memories. And a lot of pictures taken right here in this church during Christmas plays and Easter uh, shows and, and all sorts of things uh, we got we got pictures of, of Bo and Linda's kids and everybody's kids, uh, Mike and Marilyn's kids, and you know sometimes they're dressed up in shepherd costumes and stuff, but it was just fun going through a lot of that. And I probably didn't get through 20% of the pictures that I have, but at about 2.30 I decided it was time to quit looking and go to bed, so uh, I did what?
1: 3.30. 3:30.
4: 3.30? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time is irrelevant to me, I don't sleep much anyway, so but anyway, I got thinking back, you know, how we how we survived that long with each other. Um, she's young and I'm Martin, and that's two strong-willed families. You know, it, it came down to a lot of give and take. Um, I was giving and she's taking. But um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not I'm kidding. I really shouldn't say that. But um, we we were blessed all along we were blessed you know for years i didn't even know we were blessed but we were really blessed and uh, i got thinking about uh, the institution of marriage and uh, we studied just a few weeks ago back in the second chapter genesis uh, that uh, that after all the things were made and adam had given names to things uh, And he didn't have anybody to help him. And it said, uh, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and stayed thereof. And the rib which the Lord God made uh, had taken from Adam, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, uh, flesh of my flesh, and shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Uh, so it was instituted really early in the in the creation that, uh, that you know, marriage was uh, a thing that God had set up. Uh, that it would be a, a more perfect life for, for, the, for the crown jewel of his creation, humanity. And uh, if, you, if you study uh, that same phrase, a man shall cleave to, to leave his father and mother cleave to his wife, is, is repeated in Matthew and Ephesians. And um, in, in Ephesians, it even goes on and says, it describes the, the way a man's supposed to love his wife. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So as husbands, uh, it's our privilege and duty to protect that wife that we chose with everything we got, even our life. And uh, you know, I think if uh, if we look at it that way, um, if if you remember uh, your bride walking in the door, how pretty and perfect it was. That's the way God wants to look at the church. That's His bride. He wants it to be perfect and without spot. And if we will look at our marriages that way uh, and, and do the give and take, you know, you can't have it your way all the time. Uh, do the give and take, then uh, you can endure it for 50 years and, and look back with joy on it. And, uh, that's what, that's what I am doing this week. Uh, you know, we, we went to the beach about a month ago and I, I put a post out on Facebook. I said we're beginning our month-long 50th anniversary celebration and this will be kind of the, the, the finale of it today, I guess, and then we'll start on the next few weeks. And uh, I'm sure they're gonna be even better than the first 50. So uh, as we, uh, you know, as we, as we go through this, we just have to remember that this institution called marriage was established by God himself. Sure. And he created it. Uh, he, um, he designed it for us. And, and if we will look at that, look through the scriptures, uh, there, there was some, some scripture... Uh, that I wanted to read. Uh, I don't want to be too long here, but in Proverbs, uh, we all know this scripture. the scripture. Thirty-first chapter, of Proverbs is, "Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies." So, we need to look for virtue in, in the things that we seek out for our partners. Uh, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So, I've always thought that that God brought us together. Uh, And and I hope that as young people grow up, they would learn to to lean on the fact that God will lead you places. and He will show you places and show you people. uh, The people we associate with very important. In our life, because you can associate with people, especially in our younger years. Uh, well, I guess, especially in your years, you could do it even in your older years. But in our younger years, it's very important that we select the right group of people to associate with, true. so that we don't get on the wrong track. Because sometimes the track back is, is kind of tough if you get if you get too far off the track.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So you know if we uh, if we do that. Um, I think God will will honor us, and He will give us um, the desires of our heart, and um, things that um, that are good and honorable and virtuous uh, will never fail us. Uh, anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our classes? Uh, okay. If not, we'll we'll take our classes at this time.
0: Brother Wayne did forget to mention one important thing. If you have a real funny joke, don't tell him today, okay? No, don't tell him anything really funny. It really hurts to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good morning, everyone. If uh, you do want a word before we get started.
2: Good morning, Father. It's <laughs> good to be
0: here. Good morning. We're in the 13th chapter of Genesis. And, and I guess if there was a title to today's lesson, and really the key theme to me in this chapter, it's decisions, decisions. Uh, we're going to see all kind of decisions made by two men, and, uh, and I guess I guess that's what stood out to me more than anything else in this chapter was decisions. You know. I kind of figure what I choose to eat for lunch out in the fellowship building probably won't have a great lasting effect on my life. If I go with the chicken or the ham, I'm probably not gonna alter history. But there are decisions we make in our lives that alter history. Yeah. Not only for ourselves, but but our spouses, our children, our grandchildren. Uh, We're gonna see Abram and Lot both made decisions that affected their descendants. Uh, Decisions that came back to bless and decisions that came back to haunt, if I could use that word. And uh, I wanted to start, I think I'll just read the first nine verses. We're going to talk a little bit about decisions this morning in our lives. But Genesis chapter 13. Now Abram had been down in Egypt and stayed with. He was basically kicked out by Pharaoh for the plagues that had come upon his house. But it says in chapter 13, verse 1, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south. And if I could put in parentheses there, the south of the the Negev. They traveled north, but they came to the, the south part of Israel, which is called the Negev, which is pretty much desert from Egypt all the way to there. So they didn't travel south, but they came, almost could say from Florida, they came up to the south of Georgia. Okay? Look at it that way. The south where the Negev is. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Interesting the priority there when they were listed. What was the main priority? The livestock. The livestock. <coughs> Dole ain't worth a whole lot to get anything deep. Right. No grocery stores, yeah. But he was great in cattle and silver and gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now I said I was going to read it but I can't. i got to stop. Abram was home. And, and when you see he made an altar, he almost put in parentheses and worshiped. Because I think that's what he built the altar for, was to worship and give thanksgiving here that God had brought him back safely to where he was supposed to be. Yeah. When he made it back to Bethel, back home, which was now his home, he stopped and thanked God and worshiped God for safety. Uh, I'm the most unthankful person on this earth. And I'll tell you that right now. I take so many blessings for granted. Yeah. Yeah. We have it so good when you look at around the world. We're so spoiled. But if Abraham stopped to say thank you and to worship God for bringing his family safe out of Egypt. And Lot also in verse 5, which with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Now we're used to seeing pasture land that you have to bush hog because it gets too high. That doesn't exist in Israel. They can't have well I know, well even in the US, how many cows can we put on an acre is how we figure it in Alabama. You know, in Montana they figure how many acres it takes to put a cow on. It's backwards. Right. That's kind of like Israel. Here, it's how many acres you need per cow? So, Lot has a bunch of cows, and Abram has a bunch of cows. And the land in verse six was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. Or really, nobody's fault here. It was what it was. God had blessed them so much, they had too many cows for the land. And there was a strife between the herdment of Abraham's cattle and the herdment of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perserites dwelled then in the land. There's not enough land. Not enough elbow room. And here we're going to come upon our first choice. Here Abraham makes a choice and a he made a choice to keep peace in the family. That's what he did to start with. But as we see, he, he, made, he made a choice also as we're going to read, that he would sacrifice if needed to keep peace in the family. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdman, For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before thee Separate thyself, I pray thee for me. And if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right hand. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. So we'll stop there a minute. And let's look at the choices now that are here. Abraham saw the strife in the family and that was not acceptable. And I don't think the strife was between Abraham and Lot at this point. I think it was between the herdsmen fighting over land. And Abraham chose even if it meant sacrifice in his life, he was going to keep peace in the family. He did not want cows to come between him and his brother, did he? No. Now, now I'm not talking about compromising, but I'm talking about sacrificing. Big difference. Yeah. if this had been a choice requiring Abraham to compromise, I don't think he would have done it. But to sacrifice, he was willing to do it. To keep peace in the family. Um, We can take that on a personal level with our families. Uh, I'd love to sit up here and say, families always get along and life's great. But that's not real life, is it? And sometimes we choose to sacrifice a little something to keep peace in the family. But I encourage us never to compromise. You know, If I had a family member jump into sin, I'm not going to pat them on the back. I'm going to love them. But if they ask me where I stand, I'm going to tell them. But to sacrifice to keep peace. You know. Now let's just stop a minute and look at that. So Abraham made that choice now Lot is standing let's say lots looking north he can choose one of four directions can he he can choose turn around and go south back into the desert which probably wasn't a good choice i'll give him that one he could have chose to have gone west toward the mediterranean sea uh they always figure there's pretty good land towards an ocean he could have went north, on up towards Damascus, up through what we would consider Israel, or he could have chose to went east. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, which was to the east, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Looking to the east, to him looked like the Garden of Eden. Now this Zor in Egypt is where the Nile would flood and and have water. It was a very, I hate to word luxurious, but what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Everything was green. Fertile. 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 That's the word I'm looking for. Very fertile land where the Nile would overflow. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Lot chose to go east. Now, if we look at this choice, what factors made Lot's decision? What he saw with the carnal eye. What he saw. The only thing he based his decision on was what his eyes saw. Yeah. Do we read where he asked Abraham for his opinion? Or his advice? The man who had brought him all the way and no doubt looked up to? Do do we read where he asked for advice? Do we we weave? Do we we, weave? Do we read where he ever asked God for some direction? He strictly made his choice by what he saw. And as it turned out, we'll see later on, it was an awful choice. Awful choice to make, to go east toward the places he chose. And I want to stop there just a minute now if we could. We see these two choices, or these several choices, that Abraham made and Lot made. And I will talk about choices a few minutes. You know, the number one choice in our life is to choose to allow Christ in our lives. There is no choice bigger than that one. That's the number one choice in man is to choose Christ. Yeah. Uh, The choice to join up with the church. The choice to put our lives in the church. We talked a little bit about that last Sunday. But then we get into so many other choices that are more important than ham or chicken. Uh, we can start out with choosing our friends. You know, who I choose growing up in life and in life, who I choose to be my friend will have a great impact on me. Uh, if I choose the wrong crowd, that's going to come back to haunt me, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's important who we chose or who we choose to date. Because that's, that's a good idea of who we're going to wind up marrying, which is another big choice. I'm probably not going to marry somebody I didn't date. You know, we choose if we're going to have a Christian home. How that affects our children and our grandchildren. Do you ever think about the choice we make of where we work? Uh -uh. If we go to work, where we work? are the choice of where we live. Things that really matter. And, and what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say, throwing all these choices out, is the temptation to make them with our eyes. This looks better. And on the outside it might. But I mean, encourage us to not be foolish and make choices strictly by our eyes like what like this. Lots of green grass oh my goodness uh, you ever go through the pasture and grass is up to the cow's belly yeah uh, i think that's kind of what he saw and, and i hadn't thought about this really but that's a little bit of a slap at abraham wasn't it i'll take the best you just you make do with what's left the, it was some selfishness in his choice too
5: he took the easy way
0: yeah But the thing is, we have a handicap in our lives we cannot see
5: tomorrow.
0: We cannot see tomorrow. But we serve a God who's already there. Look at the faith in Abraham's statement. You choose and I'll go the other way. Whichever way I have to go, God will take care of me. And if I have to sacrifice a little bit, that's okay. I'll take my chances with God. But I can't help this morning to think about watching the or looking at the decisions and the choices these two men made here, how they had such effect on their lives. Now I'm gonna hush a minute. Somebody else say something. What's an important choice you made in your life?
2: I consider everything that everything we do to be an important decision, even. If some people may say, well, that doesn't amount to hill beans, but um, I have found if I seek God before I decide something, if I seek God, that I find out that he has never led me in the wrong direction, now, whether I follow him or not is another thing, but he, I, I know when when Austin started out at Auburn, and uh, we were going through trying to find a place for him to lived down there and, and and something we could afford And well there was a residential section just on the outskirts of auburn there and, and uh, there was a house for rent that was, it was for sale very very cheap and um i thought it was a good deal belinda called the uh, auburn police department and asked them about that area that we were looking and um the uh, the lady at the police department She said, well, I'll just tell you this, if I had a son or a daughter, I wouldn't want them to live there. Uh, And and we appreciated that, her her telling us that. She said that she was basically telling us in a way that she could be politically correct that it was a high crime area. And and, uh, so I'm glad that we did some homework on that. And it would have helped a lot if, and I agree with you, if he had asked Abraham, What's what's your uh, suggestion, or, or, or what's your conviction on this? And then I think Abraham would have would have given him a godly answer, what God would have done. Or Lot had the choice to ask God himself. So uh, uh, the consequences of bad decisions are, like you said, some of them we have to live with for life. And um, it, it, and I try to encourage young people to see god's leadership and because the eye can fool you a lot of times the devil can paint a pretty picture he did there in, in the in the plain of jordan he painted a pretty picture but lot never considered that where he was going even though it was good pasture land that where he was going was a, was a sin city of all types of sin going
0: Well, in addition to the eyes, you, was it David said the heart is deceitfully wicked? Or heart will even mess us up mm-hmm. if we made Our desire. Sure. Yeah. Someone else. Um, do you think God will help us make a decision? We recently had something. I don't know if you're aware. Maryland was asked to go to Poland for two weeks to help in a Bible school. And we prayed about that. Open the door, Lord, or slam it shut. She found out two days later she's got a big inspection that week. So there's no way she could go. That door got slammed shut. Okay, Lord, there's our answer. No. I've always liked that prayer. Open or close the door for me. Make the decision for me. Don't give me a choice because I don't know what tomorrow is. Yeah, I found that, that to be a pretty good prayer in my life personally. Lord, make the decision
3: for
6: someone else. I had to make a huge decision when I was working on Grandview um, as a director of behavioral health down there. I've been there for seven years and loved every single person that I worked with. Um, but there was a lot of changes, you know, and that sort of thing. And the, the peace that I had when I was initially there was dwindling, kind of thing. But I loved it there, and I was scared to leave, and I had promised my boss that I'd never leave him. And it was just, it was really hard. And the fact that I was making good money, you know, I was able to provide, you know, help provide for mm-hmm. the sure. family, you know. But me and Mitchell both was driving to Birmingham every day, Monday through Friday. It was like, who's raising my kids? You know? And I was like, we, we had to make a decision, but I was scared to death because I didn't know if I was going to be able to find that bond and family that I had at Greenview. It was, I was scared to death of it. But we prayed about it the time come when I could, you know, stop working, and then I always wanted to have a Bible study, you know, and be in a Bible study. When of my friends came and did a Bible study in my home. I ended up, one of the ladies I had never met before, ended up being my boss when I worked for Big Brothers Big Sisters. She offered me a job at least in the a Bible study. But that's what I think, and even now, I needed something a little more steady and a little more back into the nursing side of things. And I always pray that I'd be surrounded by a family and with Christian women. That was very important to me, that I had women of faith around me because I don't have a lot of friends outside work. You know, that man is here, these are my people, and work's my people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I am surrounded now at the Heart Center in Boaz. Every single one of us are Christian women, and we talk and we pray for each other. I mean, it is just it's amazing, and I love going to work. But that was the hard decision of quitting something that I knew that was comfortable, and I had my family to leave that, was terrifying. But now look where he's got me, and I'm closer to home. It's just... It's so, it's so hard, and I actually one of my friends that I work with now is actually having... She's facing decisions right now, and I literally... This came to me on the way to work one day to try to explain to her how to make decisions and how to, to handle it. And so I was sitting there and I said, Can you hand me one of those pens over there that was on her desk? I didn't need a pen. But I was like, Can you hand me that one of those marker things over there? I want one of those markers. And she was like, Okay. And she handed it to me, and I was like, That's what you gotta do. You gotta give it to God just as easy as you have to make that pen, you gotta give it to him. And she was like, Okay, it kind of struck her. <laughs> you know, kinda of funny, but it's it's hard. Decisions are hard and they're scary. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Or I feel like when that peace starts kind of dwindling and you know that something just ain't right, that's when you know God's trying to work. And he already had all of this planned for me. You know, you gotta remember that. He's got a plan. He's got he's ahead of you. Sure.
0: But isn't there such peace when you know God's made a decision for you? Mm-hmm. Amen it's kind of a kind of a releasing isn't it yeah, yeah.
3: someone else
0: i'd really like to hear some examples
3: well you you guys have i've, I've uh, told this story before uh that when we lived in florida um, and i used to call that the back side of hell and um uh so i was at work one day and uh uh God touched me and it was, go home. And um, I went to my supervisor and I gave him my two weeks notice. And we moved home and um, uh, my children were saved and uh, it was everything worked out just absolutely perfectly. And if I had decided what to do or what not to do, then it would have been a mess. Uh, But uh, the choice to listen is also uh, very, very important. You have to listen to what God is telling you to do. And it will work out perfectly.
0: What did James tell us? We have not because we ask God. We don't stop to even ask God for his opinion too many times.
5: Somebody else. I have asked God to go before me. And that is a good prayer right there. You know it's yours. God, go before me. us. Keep us in your care. I had a, when I was at Lifesaver, it was that type of decision. Uh, I'd been there 20 years and enjoyed the work, enjoyed the people that I work with. But um, when OmniFlight sold to Air Methods and I saw what they did in Georgia uh, and having to watch how it affected the lives of those employees, uh, you know, when they came to Alabama and got ready to do the same sort of thing, um, I was the only manager that was retained, but something just didn't settle with me that that would be a long-term thing. Um, I didn't like the way they did things. Didn't like the way the hospital bases were ran. It just it just didn't it wasn't it wasn't a good fit, you know. Uh, I was still there and still had the same responsibilities that I had had with Omni-Flight, but, uh, and I asked God to open a door, and he did, and I ended up at Airman, and about a year after I was there is when I found out I had regular cancer, and uh, knowing that I was in the right place, you know, there was obvious, by the way, that Mr. Dalbert, took care of us and uh you know we got through that everything went well uh when i started denise knew i was in school uh and my goal would be to to eventually you know leave once i got certified uh and so she made that easy it was easy to go to school and and work and uh, take care of responsibilities there but then also you know at home and now i'm 20 minutes from home in a in a godly environment uh i love people that i work with and, and much like hillary um so different than what i was accustomed to uh, but this is the place i can i can retire uh, you know i i feel like it it has a lot of longevity there and i uh, I, I i know change is uh, necessary change is always happening you know if you're stagnant you're not growing Um, but uh, i've always been resistant to change and um, yeah yeah, so um, asking god to open and close doors put things in your path that will help direct you Um, i did the same thing when uh, after i got saved um you know, I grew up in a, in a house that wasn't churchgoers. I knew that mom and dad loved me. And they taught me right and wrong. But they still didn't, there wasn't that spiritual need that was there. But I also saw that the lifestyle that they lived. And, you know, my dad, uh, every weekend, from the time he got home to the time he got, you know, had to go back to work for the most part, it was drinking. And knowing how that affected their lives, I wasn't I wasn't going to live in that environment, nor raise my children in that environment. Uh, and that's when I met Bo. Someone who had uh, never drank a day of his life. And uh, it's just with 37 years of uh, a good history
1: together. You know, we
5: were able to, to raise our kids in this little church and found our lives here
4: uh and i don't know where we would have ended up it hadn't talked into that oh well, you never know what good things you'll find the
1: people we the
4: i believe that's where you weren't going to live well,
0: well uh, i'll ask with a show of hands how many people don't think that god's got the very best for you in his plan anybody god has got our best interests in your heart. We're the apple of his eye.
5: Brother Michael, that's kinda like a work related to when I graduated. Um, I tried to find a job, job, any job. And my first year was a bad experience.
3: And then when I tried applied for I, I just talked to the most close by. And Hayden was the last from my mind because it was
5: the focus. And when I went and applied and talked to Mr. Stanton, he was it. He said, if you talk to Hayden, I said, no. Um, and he said, well, they have an opening. And um, So God opened that door for me. And um, through the years, Steve was like, why can you transfer up there? And it's like, you know, that's got
3: of he wants me, you know, Christian people over there. So, you know, so let me
2: do And that's one of the privileges that comes along with being saved, is having... Having that great counselor to go to. That's some of the nuggets that Brother Randy Burke preached about one
0: time. Anyone else? If not, I really appreciate everybody's honesty and coming forward this morning. Let's let's don't forget to ask. I know that sounds like a simple thing,
1: but when choices come up in our lives, let's don't forget to ask because he knows tomorrow. Appreciate you.